As the summer season kicks into high gear and new vaccinations take hold, people are heading for the beach. Many are doing quick diets to shed those pandemic pounds before sporting new swimsuits. Funny thing is, digital marketers are also going on a diet. You might have heard of it. It's called No More Cookies. In this edition of Commerce Code, the digital marketer's diet, no more cookies. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco. This is Commerce Code brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. By now, almost every professional in the digital commerce ecosystem has heard about the end of third-party cookies. No, not the sweet chocolate chip kind of cookie, but the persistent ad identifier that platforms like Facebook use to build data profiles about users based on their browsing and use of mobile apps. The problem with those digital cookies is they often track users without their consent. In short, digital cookies raise a lot of privacy concerns. Enter Apple and Google, two of the largest digital platforms in the world. Both announced that they will discontinue supporting the use of third-party cookies without the user's consent. In fact, just a few weeks ago, Apple started rolling out this feature in its latest operating system. Regulator and consumer concerns about privacy have finally spelled the end for this ubiquitous but questionable third-party cookie technology. The impact of the end of third-party cookies cannot be overstated. Hundreds of billions of dollars of digital ad spend every year rely on cookie technology and using third-party cookie data to target and attribute digital ads. So what technology will rise up to take its place? On the show today, we speak with Fig, one of the leading companies championing the use of card linking. Card linking is the new technology that's growing very rapidly to replace third-party cookies. Card linking technology, or CLO, is in use by such big names, including Google, Bank of America, MasterCard, and many others. In the card linking technology, the consumer uses a mobile app and then gives explicit permission to the app to be tracked and then imports the consumer's credit card and other financial data so that the consumer gets relevant ads based on their spending. Because the technology is opted into by the consumer and because it uses high-quality financial data, it may very well replace completely the third-party cookie data technology. We speak today with the president of FIG, Brandon Doles, about how digital marketers are going on a cookie diet and increasingly are consuming a much healthier digital snack. It's called FIG. Good afternoon, Brandon. Where are you today? I am in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I always think of Minneapolis kind of like during the winter when it's cold, but has summer arrived now to, to Minneapolis? Summer has arrived, but the mosquitoes have not fully arrived yet. So we're actually in a heat wave right now with about, I think we're on day seven or eight of 90 plus degrees with a fair amount of humidity but at least there's no mosquitoes. All right. So it's that nice in-between time. Lately, everyone has basically had their hair on fire around the end of cookies. Apple just rolled out its new operating system. It doesn't support cookies unless the consumer gives you explicit permission. Google followed suit and says, you know, no more third-party cookies. 
Cookies being, of course, those persistent IDs, which enable a marketer to collect consumers' behavior at different websites and in different apps, and then collect that data to build a profile of the consumer. And the unfortunate thing is oftentimes that's done without consent. So my question to you is, everyone seems to think this is a bad thing for marketers and their customers. Is it bad or is it good? And how are you guys being a leading digital marketing platform? How are you guys preparing to thrive and operate in a world without cookies? Really great question. First and foremost, as a consumer, the elimination of third-party cookies, it's a good thing, the direction that the marketplace is going. At the same time, it's going to be a huge challenge for marketers and advertisers. At FIG, our technology has never relied upon third-party cookies. You know, Our platform leverages targeting ads based on historical purchase data that a consumer is aware is being utilized for this. They have opted into it to really create a win-win situation for a financial institution that's trying to grow the number of interactions or swipes that they have with the consumer, an advertiser that's looking to find new customers or deepen their relationship with their consumers. And at the same time, for a consumer to find offers and value in everyday transactions. You really talked about the ability to serve customers and help advertisers target the right customers, which of course right now is really, really important because most businesses are having a large proportion of their everyday commerce running through digital channels. Everyone's trying to get digital mindshare of the consumer. How do you guys do it? How do you help merchants, other advertisers target the right audience in a personalized way. So you're putting the right compelling offer in front of the consumer. And I imagine something like that would be in Minnesota when the mosquitoes comes out, you know, you <laughs> want to give them off, right? Like uh, this is the time to, to target them with off so that they don't get bitten by the mosquitoes. How do you guys do it? We start from having a base of great transaction level data to understand our customers and understand you know, what they like today and potentially what they might like in the future. But at the same time, we really want this to be personalized, not just from a, we know so much about you that we know more than you even know by yourself. We want this personalization to be empowered by the consumer, to make it a choice of them, not from us. Just like when you log into Spotify for the first time, it asks you, what type of music do you like? What type of genre do you like? So we really start with that consumer choice and curate offers based on that stated preference, as well as the consumer history around where they spend in the transactions. It's a subtle difference, but it's an important one. People want you to presume you know them so well that you can make the choice for them, but rather you want to guide them towards the best choice but leave the choice up to them. And it's a subtle um, difference that you point out. And I imagine also part of what gives you permission as a platform to personalize using people's data is them giving you permission, but also them having familiarity that this is a platform they can trust and they've used for some time. But, you know, we're in this weird space right now in the industry, right? Apple, 
Google have all said, you know, we're not going to support these third-party cookie datas that, you know, used to make us feel a little bit creeped out. Like we'd Google something, maybe a pair of sneakers, and then lo and behold, every website we'd go to would be a sneaker ad. And now it's going to be much more the consumer giving permission. And my question to you is, how are you using data to create these really personalized offers for consumers that surprise and delight instead of, you know, creeping the consumer out? I think it first and foremost comes down to transparency. On the financial institution side, we really build within the ecosystem and the trust that a bank or a financial institution has with their consumers to first and foremost ensure that they are opted in and aware of how their data is being used. And at any point, have the ability to opt out and to no longer share that information with us. It is that balance of continuing to have transparency on why we are starting to understand more about you, what data you're sharing with us, how we're using that. You know, As we present offers and how we curate those offers, it's starting to be more explicit about we've curated these offers for you and we've done it because we saw you do this. Even that basic transparency really helps the consumer to feel comfortable that they understand the breadcrumbs of how we got there in a very transparent and opted-in fashion. Now, can you talk to me about a merchant or advertiser that you've worked with? Because, you know, this sounds pretty amazing. If I'm, you know, the chief marketing officer of Gap or I'm the chief marketing officer of ExxonMobil or Dunkin' Donuts, what you just described is incredibly powerful. And, you know, sometimes there's a difference between kind of the description and how it really works in reality. So can you make this real for me? Talk to me about a merchant that you've helped using this technology and how it impacted their business. Absolutely. So Fig helped one of the world's largest retailers generate kind of an awareness campaign for adoption of their grocery delivery business. They were looking to both create awareness as well as to drive new customer acquisition. So we created a campaign based on an offer type targeting to new customers. So we leveraged this purchase data to look at cardholders who had purchased at a grocery store before, customers who had never worked with this brand before, we were able to serve that offer through this ecosystem within the cardholders financial institution. And through that campaign, we led an acquisition of over 200,000 new customers to this brand. We saw a over 100% lift in conversion But more importantly, when it comes to subscriptions, it's not just about driving that one interaction. 50% of those customers that we brought purchased again without an offer within the next 60 days. Thanks. And I do want to ask you about the name Fig. Why did you pick that name for the company and what does it represent? There's a lot of different ways to name a company, taking an acronym or smashing together two words or taking the very different approach of looking in a name that represents kind of a thought or an idea. And that's where really FIG came to, you know, as we think about prosperity and delivering prosperity daily, we were in a room kind of ideating around different naming options. And we were talking about the FIG plant and how it represents prosperity. And there's this great history and lineage with what figs represent, how they nourish populations that goes back millennia. And the name just resonated and we started bringing in the color palette and the meanings behind prosperity 
And it just came together from a great collaborative brainstorming session, creating that new history of FIG coming from that shared history from Empire and Agile. Brandon, thank you so much for sharing your insights on Commerce Code today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Silvio. It was a pleasure. That's Brandon Doles, the president of FIG, talking to us from Minnesota. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on the future of cookies. As we've learned on the show today, third-party cookies are going the way of the VCR. They're an old, outdated technology that's no longer fit for our modernizing digital ecosystem. In a way, that's a very good thing. The idea that companies could trade in our most personal data without our permission seems very odd in retrospect. Perhaps kids in school in the future will look back at the past decade and they'll chuckle at the fact that we let gigantic companies spy on us for free. They might also find it humorous that not so long ago, serious industry commentators were peddling the idea that privacy was a very outdated notion. Well, the pendulum has swung back in favor of digital privacy. So cookies are dead. Long live card linking. And to find out more about card linking, check out our website, www.digcomall.org. That's digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares, signing off.